Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Today, I'm excited to be talking to Kelly Anderson. She is the director of Unstuck, an OCD kids movie. And I've talked to Chris Bear, the producer before on a different episode, but I thought I would invite Kelly on because Unstuck is now available for everybody, which I am super excited about because I've been lending out my one copy for quite a while and now people can just watch it and they can rent it. So Kelly Anderson is a award-winning filmmaker in and of itself. And she is a professor of documentary production at Hunter College in New York City, but she is a parent also who has a child with OCD. And she met Chris Bear, who has a child with OCD in a support group. They got together and they made this phenomenal documentary. So I wanted to talk to her about what the movie entails and also her own trials and tribulations of going through this OCD journey. So without further ado, here is my interview with Kelly Anderson. Well, I want to welcome Kelly to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I heard that Unstuck, the documentary, and we'll get into what that is, came out and is available to all parents. And so I wanted to reach out and get you on the show because I feel like not enough, no, not enough parents know about this. They don't know about the documentary. And now that they can access it, I think it's worth having a bigger, a bigger conversation about it. Sure. Yeah. It's really exciting for us to make it available. So I made Unstuck with another parent of an OCD kid, uh, Chris Bear, and we had to hold off on releasing it to the general public for a year while we did a festival release and we're trying to get a broadcast. And so it's only been available to therapists um, and a lot of them have been using it and also teachers, uh, but it's been available at a higher price. So now it's available for streaming for anybody um, it's $7.99. Um, so people can head over to the website, ocdkidsmovie.com and, and check it out. And, you know, we always made it for parents of kids with OCD. So it's been a little bit hard sometimes not to be able to just show it to everybody. So we're really excited and happy. Yeah. And it is exciting because I don't have to give my one copy <laughs> to every parent that comes in and threaten their life to get it back. Um, because it's so hard to get. So that's exciting. Can you talk a little bit for parents who don't know what it is, what the documentary is about? Sure. So um, I am a filmmaker by my career. Um, and um, in 2000, uh, let's see, well, probably about four years ago, my daughter developed severe OCD and um, I was at a complete loss as to how to deal with it. Um, and eventually I found a parenting group in Brooklyn where I live in New York and met other parents. And um, a lot of us ended up working with the same doctor at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York City. And we just, I learned so much through that experience about what OCD is, what characterizes it, but most importantly, how to handle my daughter and what treatment looks like and how successful treatment can be if it's the right treatment. It was kind of mind blowing to all of us in the group um, to see our kids, you know, get better um, after having 
had them be in such a desperate and difficult place. So the film really came out of mine and Chris's desire to just share this information because it just wasn't widely available. So um, the film is 23 minutes long. We decided to tell the story only through kids. So there are uh, six children in the film, ranging in age from 10 to 18. Um, and they have a variety of different types of OCD. And what they do is they very frankly um, and eloquently describe their OCD symptoms, what they went through, how they got to treatment, and then very specifically what their exposure and response prevention, it's called ERP, treatment looked like and how they learned each in their own particular way to use the tools that they had been taught in therapy to, you know, live a much better life. Um, I mean, they're all handling their OCD much better now. So it's in a very short, concise way, explains everything from onset to recovery. Um, and it's been useful for um, lots of families and kids, and also a lot of therapists are using it because it not only explains the therapy, but it's motivational for kids, you know, for people who don't know what exposure therapy is, you're confronting some of your very worst fears, and um, it's hard sometimes to get people to do that. And so I think kids feel motivated by seeing other kids. Um, participating in therapy and getting better. So that's sort of in a nutshell what the film is about. Yeah. And that's a good summary. And, and I do feel like the film does two things, at least in my practice, it, it normalizes it because I think most kids feel like they are the only one. A lot of them feel like they're crazy. They've never talked about it with anyone. And so to, to show them and say, look, there's a documentary on this and to hear from other kids, the exact same struggles they're having is, is very normalizing and very, I think it helps reduce the isolation. And then I don't want to start ERP until I have them watch the film, because I think that also helps. It helps both the parent and the child realize that I'm not a quack, you know, and that this is a therapy. This is a very um, effective evidence-based therapy. And here are kids talking about it and saying why it helped them. So it's a, it's a great introduction to ERP as well. And it's short. I wish it was longer because I'm greedy. And so I could sit there all day and watch this. But I think the fact that it's short is actually beneficial for kids because they're not going to necessarily sit there forever. And so it's, it's very succinct and it's, it's very engaging. Thanks. Yeah, it was sort of an eye-opener for me to realize how much kids don't really absorb things that adults tell them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I knew it, but I mean, now I've heard many kids say to me, like, I just didn't believe it was real until I heard another kid say it. It's almost like they're, you know, a secret community that only trusts each other. Um, so, but yes, thank you. I'm so glad that you're using the film and that it's helpful. Yeah, and I was... Um... I was, so I watched it again last night. Uh, I couldn't watch my copy because somebody has it. Somebody perpetually has it um, as a homework assignment in therapy. So I, I rented it last night to just refresh my memory. And then as I was watching it for like the umpteenth time, I had an epiphany that this actually would be really good for siblings too, because I get that question a lot in my private Facebook group. Are we definitely in Brooklyn? <laughs> I can hear the noise. That was a horn. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a honking horn. So go ahead. You were asking about siblings, right? But as I was listening to this, because I do get a lot of 
um, questions about how to help siblings or how the compulsions are related to the sibling, uh, that this would be such a great thing for siblings to watch. Right. And that is an interesting part of the production story of the film, because Chris and I had no intention of including siblings. Um, but his daughter, Charlotte, is um, in the film and his daughter, Vanessa. So Vanessa has OCD and we went and we came to his house and interviewed him. She was the very first interview. And he sort of said to the, me and the, the camera person over lunch, he said, you know, would you mind doing a quick interview with Charlotte? You know, I know we're not going to use it, but she just feels left out. And, and we were sort of like, okay, sure. And then when the camera got on the two girls, the moment is in the film and Charlotte started saying how hard it was for her when um, her sister Vanessa was afraid of her because it was one of those very common situations where Vanessa was a trigger. I mean, Charlotte was a trigger for Vanessa's OCD. And so, and how painful that was for the sibling. And so Chris and I realized in that moment that we had stumbled on this um, really important part of the story that nobody was really talking about. And so now we've launched a whole siblings page on our website for the film. And Chris has been doing a lot of programming on the social media, uh, on our Facebook page and so on about siblings. So yeah, it's, it's not enough talked about. And, you know, the havoc that OCD wreaks on families, um, is huge. And, you know, I, I gained so much from talking to other parents through the parent listserv that I'm on. There's a Yahoo group and that was my lifeline for a long time. And I think that, um, having something similar for siblings is important too. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be something that I'm going to recommend that that siblings watch as well. And I don't know, you know, I think I would have the child watch it maybe separately and then have maybe the sibling watch it separately just so that they're not worrying about the other person and, and their reaction. But I think it's it would be incredibly effective tool. So you talked about some of your resources because it seems like like Unstuck is growing. It's kind of turning into like a community support as well. So on your website... Because I, I see Chris doing a lot of uh, kid interviews on Facebook. What kind of stuff are you doing and, and where can people tap into that? Well, I had it was really great to collaborate with Chris because I had the filmmaking experience, um, but he had this social media experience from his own professional life. And um, it's been amazing to see the that community grow on Facebook and just see the way in real time people are connecting with one another. Um, so what he's been doing is these Facebook live events where he'll do um, a live uh, event with a kid who has OCD and then other people can in real time be on the page asking questions. And so you see kids connecting with other kids, which is amazing because a lot of times when we screen the, the film publicly, you'll have uh, kids come up afterwards who, you know, some of them have traveled hours to be at a screening of the film and for the first time, you know, are talking about having OCD. And they often ask us, how can I meet other kids with OCD? You know, can I talk to some of the kids in the film? And it's just a perfect way, this Facebook page, to um, allow that to happen in a really organic way, you know? because a couple of times we set up phone conversations with kids and some of the kids in the film, but that's hard and, you know, everybody's busy and they're in school and so on. So the Facebook thing is, is really great. Um, so that is one thing that we're doing. We've done some um, uh, live streaming webinars. We done we did one with the Peace of Mind Foundation recently where 600 people signed up to watch the film and have a conversation online afterwards. Um, with all of the kids in the film also, which was great. They all participated by, um, through the internet. 
Um, we're going to available still. Can people go to Peace of Mind? No, because we didn't, we couldn't make it permanently available, mm -hmm. right? Um, so no, actually, it's it's not still available as far as I know. Um, but uh, the other things that we're doing, we did a whole community screening thing where people could access the film for uh, a cheaper price um, than it was available professionally. And a lot of people organized community screenings in their communities. There were some in um, libraries and people's homes and they would bring their communities together to watch the film. And we created a facilitator guide that was accessible with um, questions and answers about OCD, what is OCD, uh, how should you handle it, so on and so forth. Um, what else did we do? Uh, well, we're going to the OCD conference in Washington, D.C. at the end of this month, um, and we'll be there. And, of course, we were there last year where we were the keynote presentation, uh, which was the launch of the film. So yeah, that's great. there's always a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it. And good resources. So people can find the Facebook page. It's Unstuck. Is that the... If they, um, if they go to Facebook and type in unstuck OCD kids movie, they'll find it easily. Okay. Yeah. And I'll leave a link, but I just want people to be able to find it because that's a really great active page. And then yes. um, your website too has a lot of resources. Yes. Lots of resources on the website. Lots of clips, video clips. Um, there's also a lot of video on Facebook. So um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Everything is linked through the website, ocdkidsmovie.com. Okay, good for people to know. You're listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more parenting support, check out Natasha's parenting e-courses on a variety of topics. Each parenting e-course includes a series of teaching videos that can be watched at your own pace. For more information, visit anxioustoddlers.com forward slash parenting hyphen videos. So I wanted to talk to you also just as a, as a parent, of a, of a child with OCD and, and kind of get your, your opinion on ways that parents can cope or some of your biggest aha moments going through this, both professionally and personally, what are some of your biggest takeaways? You know, for me, I feel like having a child with OCD really fundamentally changed me, not only as a parent, but as a person, I feel that I learned to react and I can't do this all the time, but I learned to react to my child's OCD with compassion as opposed to anger and frustration. Um, and that was huge because I feel like when her OCD first presented, it was so um, difficult. And this is a thing that I don't hear parents talking about enough is just how easy it is to rage, you know, um, at the behavior and also just at the fact that it's happening. <laughs> and um, I felt terrible about it. You know, I, I would blow up on my kid and then of course that makes it worse and the OCD gets worse and then I would feel guilty. And so I felt like we were in this continuous loop where her OCD would trigger me in, in, in anger and then that would make the OCD worse. And, and then I would apologize, you know, and it was just this sort of ongoing cycle that I really felt the need to break because um, one therapist at one point just said, you know, you know, your daughter's 10 now and she needs you and wants you. But by the time she's 13, she's just going to walk away and not want to build that relationship anymore. And so I really felt like there was a, a period of time where in addition to getting the OCD therapy for her, which was the number one thing, um, I also felt like I needed to work on myself, you know, so I 
had my own therapist that I was working with who specialized in, she mostly works with kids, um, but she worked with me and uh, it was really important for our relationship. So I feel like that kind of turned things around a lot. And you had asked about having a, a child on the autism spectrum. I think that that was part of it too. You know, there were aspects of that experience that were also frustrating and hard, you know, around communication. And, um, you know, sometimes things would happen that just really hurt my feelings. You know, I mean, I was a trigger for my child's OCD. Also, there were a lot of contamination fears that often revolved around me. So, you know, she would start asking me a lot of questions about what did I touch? And, you know, did I have this on my hands or, and, and, you know, it's hard not to personalize that. So I think that, um, learning how to take that pause and a deep breath before responding. And when you need to walk away, just walk away for a little bit and go to your room, not in anger, but just to take that break. So I I feel like, and also realizing that it's not something that she was doing to me. You know, I mean, it's obvious, but it's not when it's happening in the moment. You feel like, why are you doing this to me? You know, and realizing that, no, she's really unhappy and she's not having fun and she doesn't want to be doing this. And so learning how to respond and the therapist modeled this for me also in a way that wasn't angry, but was firm. So, you know, don't accommodate the OCD, but don't react with anger. Um, I think to me was the giant takeaway and it's, it's filtered into every part of my life, I feel like. Yeah. And that is such a good point because I feel like that is the number one struggle you know, I think that, that everybody has is, I think there's two parts to that. I think one, like seeing your child get stuck in an OCD loop or getting, getting stuck with OCD or having even a new OCD theme and being so angry at the OCD that it's hard to not react in a frustrated, angry sort of way. And then when OCD personalizes it, um, you know, I see both of those things at my house too. You know, when my kids stop, they start to pop up with new anxiety or OCD themes my initial reaction is really frustration and anger because I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Now I got to deal with this too. And then my youngest one who, who hasn't been diagnosed with OCD, but definitely is starting to show some symptoms. You know, her brother is a major trigger and it's hard for him to not, he's the one actually ironically with OCD, but you know, he's contaminated to her most of the time. And so um, there's a lot of screaming, get away, you're gross, you know, you're disgusting. And it's not about him. And so I do get that question a lot from parents, like how, how do you not personalize it when you're perceived as contaminated by the OCD? Right. And the other thing is underneath the anger, if you really explore it, there's a lot of fear, you know? So I feel like I would go to this place of, oh my God, we're going to be, you know, if, if something small comes up that's OCD, I overreact because I'm traumatized by those, those months or years of severe OCD. And in my head, I'm jumping ahead to, oh my God, we're going to be back, you know, in that terrible place we were a couple of years ago, or I'm jumping into the future going, oh no, you know, we're never going to, you're never going to be able to deal with this and you're going to be, you know, with this your whole life and how are we going to deal with it? And, you know, so just also just not over um, reacting, uh, I think is hard, but what, what it really was for me a lot was sort of fear, you know, um, about the past, the past and the future. Yeah. And, and I think that is for most people, I think it is, it's the fear underneath that rage of what is this going to look like? Um, and speaking of that, so, so your, your daughter went through um, ERP 
you talk about that in your documentary as far as what ERP is. And I'm not going to go into that in this podcast because I have a zillion podcasts about ERP and I'll leave links below. But I wonder what's been your experience as far as hiccups uh, after doing ERP? How, how has the progression been since then? Um, I think that, you know, in some ways I realized that if you're, if the onset of your child's OCD is when they're eight, nine or 10, the one thing that's good about that is that you can still force them to do therapy. Whereas now I have a 13 year old and I can see how much harder it is to get her to comply with things, you know? And so I can say, you know, we should do some exposures about that. And she can just say no. And it's very hard for me. Whereas I used to be able to say, okay, no iPad, you know, like at this point, she'll just say, you know, go to hell. I don't, you know, don't take, it feels manipulative now. Whereas when they're younger, they sort of comply more with, you know, that kind of um, reward system. Um, So I think that's one thing is that as kids get older, how do you, um, they need to find their own motivation to do the therapy. And I think one of the places where the autism spectrum disorder comes in also is this sort of insight that, oh, okay, what's happening here? I I know what this is. And if I confront it um, and do some exposures for it, it will get better. Like that reasoning process is, is hard, I think, for a person, you know, with autism, because that insightful piece is sometimes a little bit less, um, working less well. Um, and so, you know, my daughter is extremely intelligent, but sometimes I'll say, do you think that's OCD? And the immediate response will be no, go away, you know? And, um, so there's a little bit of that. And I, am pretty sure everybody has that sort of denial because they don't want to feel like it's coming back. And I, I feel like with her, um, there's also this feeling a little bit of failure that if it comes back, she failed because we made such a huge deal about her beating OCD. Mm -hmm. And so that piece of, and this is in the film and I think it's a really important part of the film is that, you know, we didn't want to end it with, yay, I beat it. Everything's great now. You know, there is this maintenance piece and what do you do when you feel like it's coming back? And the answer to that is, it's not that big of a deal. You create an exposure or you go to a therapist who will help you come up with an exposure and it's never going to be as bad as it was when it was really bad, you know? But I think that, um, so there's that kind of hiccup. I haven't seen too much, um, too much of that whack-a-mole thing that parents talk about where one thing goes away, but another thing comes up. So her OCD has always been contamination and oriented around some of her sensory issues. Um, sort of bound up with some of the sensory stuff. Um, Mm. So uh, it hasn't really changed. It's just that sometimes those things bother her in a way that I know is related to OCD. Um, But yeah, so I I would say the hard thing is just getting her to stay vigilant. You know, we had a hard time at the OCD Foundation last year because, you know, she basically said, like, I don't want to think about this stuff. You know, I, I don't have it that badly anymore. And this just makes me anxious, you know? So I think there's an anxiety about embracing your OCD that, um, you know, the kids in the film have done it because they're in the film and they got a lot of, um, praise and recognition and they, they've gotten that satisfaction of helping other kids and being role models for other kids, you know? And so for them, I think it's not, if I can speak for them, not that hard now to stand up and say, I have OCD, 
you know. But I think for a lot of kids, they don't really want to have it. They don't feel like it's an identity marker for them that they want to have. And they kind of just want it to go away and they want to be like everyone else. And so um, I think that, yeah, confronting it when it pops up, as it will, is hard. Yeah. And I, I think you bring up some good points because I, I know at the very end, I think it's Vanessa who says, like, I realized that I'm, I'm going to have OCD for the rest of my life. And in that statement, you're kind of like, oh, you know, that's so upsetting. But then um, hearing the other kids talk about how, you know, when it pops up, they attack it. And, and knowing that it, it will never be at the level that it was if you're proactive. And, you know, I try to talk to kids too about it's kind of like going to the gym like you can get in shape, but you kind of still have to go to the gym and maintain it. And it's the same thing with exposures. It's, it's a lifestyle, you know, just like if you're diabetic, you have to watch what you eat. And, you know, sometimes you have to adjust your medication. And it's the same thing, I think with OCD, it's sometimes you have to do exposures, and you have to always think about it. And I think you're right, a lot of kids, they don't want to think about it. And I think teaching them that, you know, that's OCD's weapon to be like, don't talk about me. As long as you don't talk about me, I'm not going to bother you. And so then we say, no, you have, we have to talk about it more then because I always use this um, analogy of like this little seed, you know, and it's like, if we don't go into the dirt and make sure that there's no weeds growing, then we're going to turn around and we're going to have a full lawn of weeds. And so you, you have to keep weeding, but I, I think it is hard. And I think most kids don't want to talk about it. Um, especially yeah. kids, I think on the spectrum, I have a harder time in treatment with kids on the spectrum because they're much more literal, no matter how intelligent they are. And, um, they, they just don't want to think about it, which makes it really tricky and understandable. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I don't blame them. Yeah. Nobody wants to think about it. <laughs> right. So have you followed up with these kids? Will there be like an unstuck part two? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. I mean, I think Unstuck 2 is all these Facebook live events, you know, where you get to see them all um, speaking from where they are now, but they're doing great. Um, Ariel, who's the oldest girl in the film, the one who has the religious uh, scrupulosity OCD, mm-hmm. um, is going to college um, away from home, which was her huge dream. She's going to study to be a doctor. Um, you know, a lot of them want to treat OCD. Yeah, that's um, great. So, yeah, and uh, they're all doing really well. They're all doing really well. So um, I don't know that there's enough conflict to do <laughs> on step <laughs> two, which is always what you need. I think they're all doing really well. So good for them. It would probably make a slightly boring film because they wouldn't be <laughs> fighting these big obstacles they were fighting when they were younger. Um, yeah. So no, but they're, they're doing great. And they, they speak with the film, you know, and they're, they reach out to other kids and talk to them. So they've all become real advocates. Yeah. Which is amazing. Have, yeah. And we're having a screening in the uh, United Arab Emirates. So Sharif wow. in the film who lives in the UAE is going to finally be able to be at a screening. Um, so that's going to be uh, in October. Wow. And all of our screenings are on our website too. So if people want to know if it's screening, you know, near them somewhere, they should um, mm-hmm. go on there and just click on screenings and you can see where they're all coming up. Yeah. Or they can also create their own screening, right? I mean, they can, yes. they can purchase the movie and, and do a screening. I think the more education, the better. I feel like that's one of the biggest issues with childhood OCD is it's just not talked about enough and it's not normalized enough for the amount of kids that have it it's ridiculous how ignorant people are about it. Even in the mental health community, I feel like 
the mental health professionals don't understand enough about it. So <laughs> I know because a lot of kids with OCD end up going to those therapists and spending a lot of time in therapy that's really not effective. You know, I've, I've talked to a lot of parents who've been in the wrong therapy um, yeah. for OCD, you know. Um, yeah, and I think that when films work best, it's when they're viewed, you know, not alone on a computer by yourself, which of course that's good, but if you can watch it with your family or if you can bring your community together um, or you know, in some kind of work environment or uh, any kind of community space, that's when people get to really talk about things. And that's when we can really destigmatize mental illness and when we can really you know, foster understanding. And many of these community screenings, people invited experts, therapists, for example, to come and also answer people's questions uh, about OCD. And the film also has been really uh, useful, I think, for grown-ups with OCD. And, because, and a lot of them have come up to us at screenings, you know, very emotionally because, and they say, you know, if I had had this film when I was younger, it would have changed my life, you know, and yeah. instead I struggled with this. So there's something really good. And, and that's just, you know, I can't, we can't really take credit for that with the film. There's been a whole explosion of visibility Mm -hmm. um, around OCD, which I think is, it just makes all the difference for somebody who's struggling as a kid, because as you said, the nature of OCD is that you, it doesn't want you to talk about it. Um, so. Yeah. I I think it's definitely starting dialogue and, and helping anybody with OCD and, you know, a parent or any, an educator, you can have a screening at a school and educate an entire school with just a screening, which is so powerful so that, kids don't have to sit at school and deal with comments like, oh, you're so OCD, or I have a little bit of OCD. And I mean, I hear that every day in my practice, and that shuts kids down. They don't want to talk about it. Um, They might have an inkling, maybe I have OCD, and they hear a comment like that, and they're not going to share anything with their parent or their therapist, or they already are diagnosed, and there's going to be so much shame and stigma attached to it, because they know, well, that's not the kind of OCD I have. So maybe I don't even have OCD. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like kids are really changing. Like when I was younger compared to now, I feel like I've heard a lot of stories from kids that once they came out, so to speak, about their OCD to their friends, their friends really stood up for them and supported them, you know, and would and would explain to other kids why they were doing a ritual or what was going on with them. And so I feel like we need to give kids a chance. They've had like, you know, there's been at least a decade of sensitivity training and anti-bullying work. And, and it's a really important tool to, to give kids the information. It's sort of like deputizing them to be in schools, being good citizens and people, you know, and yeah. friends. Yeah. And, and I think that's a good point. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Cause I think kids just don't know, you know, they're on Instagram or they're on Snapchat and they're seeing memes of OCD stuff and, and that's, that's their knowledge. That's what they're getting. I've worked with a lot of kids who will do school presentations on OCD and then everybody's like, Oh, I didn't know that that's what it was. And so I think education does go a long way with people being more sensitive to any topic. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I do think there's a message in unstuck. That's not just about, you know, not just a message for people dealing with OCD. I think it's a message about resilience and, and mental health and, and, um, coping you know, and facing fears. So I think it's, yeah, it's all a good conversation for all of us to be having. Yeah. Well, and thank you so much for doing it because I think that's, it's such a huge part of just the OCD movement of educating people and and helping, helping kids. Well, thanks for doing the work that you're doing. It's very important. Oh, my pleasure. So where can people download, to download the movie, 
So you can't download it, which would mean that you would have it on your computer to play okay. anytime. What you can do is rent it. Um, so it's if you go to our website, ocdkidsmovie.com, you can uh, just, it's right on there. You'll see the menus. Um, or you can go to, if you just Google Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O, Vimeo On Demand, um, that's the platform that it's also on. Unstuck, it'll come up immediately. So you have, I think, 24 hours to watch it after you purchase it and um, lots of people are doing it. So yep. simple to do. I did it last night in my kitchen while I was making dinner. So very simple. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, Kelly. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Natasha. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye. I hope you found that interview helpful. You should definitely check out their website at ocdkidsmovie.com. And I think every parent who is raising a child with OCD should watch this documentary and every child who has OCD should watch this documentary. And every kid who is a sibling to a child with OCD should watch this documentary. And every therapist who is treating kids with OCD should watch this movie because it will help you understand what is going on and the struggles behind it. It will help normalize it for your kids uh, who feel alone and isolated and weird. And it will help the siblings who feel targeted by their siblings' behavior and not fully understanding what is happening. So it is just good stuff for everybody. If you're enjoying my podcast, don't forget to hit a star on iTunes and show your support or leave a review. I always like to read a review before I leave. So here's one. Kim wrote, I'm currently halfway through your crushing anxiety course. And I was so happy to find that you have a podcast too. I have an anxious child and I feel like I'm just now figuring this out. He's seven. I have anxiety myself. So I have a low frustration threshold, yet deep understanding and empathy for helping him deal with his anxiety. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Kim, for writing a review. And if you have something to say, please put it on iTunes and who knows, maybe I'll be reading your review next time. I hope you find the sparkle in everything you do until next Tuesday. Take care. Thank you for listening to AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more tips and parenting support, visit anxioustoddlers.com.